and welcome to chapter 11 of The King's Secret. A dreamless night gave way to bright morning sun shining in through the closed windows. I shifted about in the bed, surprised to find a small pixie curled up peacefully on the pillow beside me. Obtaining his bed had clearly not been needed. My limbs complained greatly about yesterday's adventures as I got up, gingerly stretching to feel each sore muscle fiber. P.E. was going to suck tomorrow. Remembering Esta's tip for waking a pixie, I fetched a cricket from my new stash of bugs and gently set it on the pillow next to Torkin. I watched him for a moment before going to the bathroom to fix myself for the day. When I returned, he was happily munching on the thing. Am I crazy? I asked him. Or are you more blue today than usual? He stopped crunching and zipped into the bathroom to look at himself in the mirror. No, you're not crazy. He offered no other explanation, just happily returned to his breakfast as I got dressed. It should have felt awkward to have him in my room as I undressed. It would have been with anyone else, but for some reason it didn't bother either of us. Torkin paid no mind to me as I changed. In fact, he set about cleaning his wings and ignored me completely. Both he and Esta had said that Faye and Pixies were natural companions. I was starting to see what they meant. Of course, wrapping my head around the fact that I was part Faye was proving difficult to do. Yet the more I interacted with the magical world, the more evident it became. We spent the day in the library, quietly combing over Evan's research. Skiff had given me access to the restricted section, under Torkin's orders. My new companion was a school board member, after all. Evan had disguised his research journals as notes on origins of dark spells, and there were nearly twenty of them. As I closed the final journal that evening, I gently set my head on the table, not happy with what I had just learned. Torkin was similarly depressed. I was right. There are always two ways to break a spell. Cyprian could die, and the spell would be broken. Or, Ada's lover could sacrifice himself to break it through an act of selflessness. Wonderful, isn't it? Evan's voice sounded softly from across the table. He's a twisted son of a bitch. I looked up at him, resting my chin on the table. It doesn't explain why he killed you. Or why you told us you'd lost your research, Torkin added, displeasure evident in his features and voice. I hid it because as far as I knew, Cyprian would kill Ada's mate before they ever made contact with each other. I mean, come on. He killed me just to prove a point, Evan stated flatly. Cyprian wants to keep the board scared of him. I'm dead, and I still feel his wrath. I don't really want my soul shattered. It's all I have left. Torkin, you have more to fear than the rest of us. Being eaten ensures that a pixie's soul can't be recycled. You don't have to remind me. The pixie inched closer to me. I'm guessing my presence made him feel safer. Evan noticed. He squinted his eyes and examined the small creature carefully. By the way, 
You're looking good, Dworkin. Less sickly. Malia changed your diet or something? No idea what you're talking about. He brushed off the compliment. I made a mental note to research Pixies. I had a feeling his changed appearance had something to do with me. As if confirming my suspicion, Evan's gaze shifted between us and he smiled. Uh-huh. Sure. Don't spend too much time on extracurriculars, Master Easley. I still expect my assignment that's due on Monday. Can I turn in Thursdays tomorrow as well? I smiled up at him, enjoying his amused expression. You're going to be a joy to have in class. He chuckled and vanished. I sighed and turned to Torkin. How does food sound? I thought you'd never ask! He hovered excitedly above the table. You really get invested in research, don't you? Yeah. I stacked the journals and returned them to the shelves. I rarely had free days to study at home, so I'd spend every second I could reading. Now it's a habit. Not a bad one, he admitted. But perhaps you should bring something to eat next time. Neglecting your nourishment isn't good. Agreed, I said as we left the library. Torkin buzzed on ahead, eager to eat and I slowly made my way to the dining hall. The day of sitting had only made my muscles stiffer. Master Aisley. I turned to find Mistress Anale slithering behind me. Hello, Mistress. I smiled, trying to ignore the fact that she was a demon. How was your first week? She asked as we moved. I'm glad it was a short one. I laughed. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a bit overwhelmed. I was worried about that, she hissed. You have far more on your plate than the other students. Does everyone know? I whispered. She nodded. Except one. Let's keep it that way, I sighed. This is also new to me. I'd like to get to enjoy it before all hell breaks loose. She nodded. Yes, I agree. Ada is stronger than Torkin. His natural needs will easily overpower his reason. I hope his bond you does not give you away. So... He's told you, but not Malia? I asked. No. She shook her great snake head. I can see your connection. It's natural to me. It's strange. I looked about to make sure no one was around. <laughs> Finding out I'm not fully human? I can't imagine what that's like. She sounded sympathetic. You should know. Your soul is strong. Delve into your family history the next time you're home. There's more to your story than you could ever guess. I plan to, I sighed. <laughs> but I doubt my father will be forthcoming with information. There's more to him as well. She stated. 
I've seen his soul. He hides a powerful secret. I was about to ask what she meant when Esther shouted my name. I waved, said my goodbyes to Mistress Anale, and headed into the dining hall. She'd seen my father's soul? When? I guessed that due to their curiosity about the royal family, they'd probably sent Mistress Anale to investigate. Since they'd had no confirmation about my fey blood, she must have lied upon her return. What could my father be hiding? I pushed the thought aside for later and enjoyed the rest of my day off before the week began again. The days began to blur together in a monotonous routine. Wake up, feed Torkin, rush off to class, grab lunch from Emily, try not to die in P.E., try not to distract myself or Ada during class, eat dinner with friends, study with friends, shower, fluff Torkin's pillow for him, endure a dreamless sleep, and repeat. Weekends seemed to be my only salvation. Alfred always had something fun planned for the group. To be honest, though, I was having a hard time with the no-distracting Ada thing. After our third day in her class, I'd begun slipping notes to her inside my assignments. I just couldn't ignore my desire to talk to her. They were mostly compliments about her appearance or questions about her hobbies and dreams. The more I interacted with her like this, though, the more I wanted to spend actual time with her. I wanted to invite her on the crazy adventures our friend group partook in on the weekends. Surely I could steal her away for a few hours, right? This in mind, I once ventured to describe what a date between us could look like. Her blush had been very satisfying. Another student commented on her complexion, and Ada ended the class early, feigning a headache. Part of me was heartbroken when I received the assignment back, and her response to my note was simply, Please stop. I didn't do anything that drastic again, but I made sure to tell her every day that she was beautiful. She deserved at least that much. I kept every response tucked away carefully in a charmed false book on my desk, rereading them on occasion when I'd catch myself thinking of her. To my surprise, Torkin actually seemed to approve of this. As the weeks passed, I saw a great physical difference in him as well. I noticed that his color changed from gray to a deep midnight blue, and his once thin frame had filled out, his little muscles gaining definition. Even his wings seemed to sparkle now. It made me happy to see him thriving. Esther had given me a book on Faye that had described their bond with Pixies as a soul link. Essentially, Pixies embodied the inner strength of their Faye, personifying it with their appearance and gaining energy from it through proximity. That being said, Torkin's new appearance made me question myself. He was a buff little man now. Just how strong was I? This concludes Chapter 11 of The King's Secret. I hope you enjoyed this reading. And I really hope you enjoy this bonus reading of Chapter 12. One afternoon, a few days before fall break, I was walking through the school's courtyard, enjoying the sound of crunching leaves beneath my feet after my class when I had heard 
the call of a falcon. Looking up, I saw a bird bearing a familiar gold chain on its leg circling the school, obviously looking for permission to land. I held out my arm and whistled, startling several students around me. They were even more alarmed when the large bird swooped down, grabbing at my bare arm with its sharp talons. It hurt, but I didn't have a glove, and I could heal it later. The real problem was that I didn't have a treat for the bird. I flipped its hood over its eyes quickly so that it didn't peck at me in protest as I grabbed for the tube at the end of the chain. Edwin had gotten my letter and, in true Big Brother fashion, waited until the very last moment to respond. That's a big bird you've got there. Mistress Gurna startled me as I pulled the note from the tube. Oh, yeah, I laughed. Palace bird. Anything urgent? She sounded worried. I doubt it, I said as I unrolled the letter, quickly scanning its contents. I asked if I could have some friends over during break, and... The answer is no. Go figure. I uncovered the bird's eyes and sent it back into the air. The mighty falcon took off instantly for home. I'm sorry, dear, Mr. Skirna said sadly. Perhaps you can have someone over next time. Doubtful. I continued to scan the letter's contents. I'm not allowed home either. Father's gone completely off his rocker and issued a warrant for my arrest should I enter the city. Oh my, she exclaimed, her face full of worry. Y you're always welcome to stay at the school over break, dear. Thanks, I muttered, sharing a pathetic smile with her. I better get dinner. She muttered a soft goodbye as I turned and walked away. I slowly made my way to the dining hall in a daze. My own father would have me arrested simply for coming home? And then again, I did threaten his life. Come to think of it, I hadn't seen him at all after that day. Did he fear me? That was an exciting thought that brought a smile to my face. Master Aisley. I stopped, looking up to see Cyprian stepping out of his classroom. Walk with me. I didn't want to, but declining would make me look suspicious. Yes, sir. I fell into step with him easily. He was walking in the opposite direction of the dining hall, towards the board members' offices. I saw a rather extravagant bird deliver a message to you in the courtyard just now. He smiled at me in what I imagine was an attempted friendly way. It looked painfully forced. Mind telling me what that was about? It was just a letter from my brother. I tried to downplay the message I'd received. I asked if a few friends could visit over break. He didn't think it would be a good idea considering the laws against magic in the royal city. Hmm. He pressed his finger to his lips in an almost sarcastic manner. Are you sure that's all it said? You see, I also received a letter from the palace today. And it would seem you're not being truthful. I stated no lie, I said dryly. Why would he be getting letters from the palace? Perhaps not. He stopped suddenly and took a step towards me, effectively cornering me against an office door. But you certainly neglected to mention the fact that you're now a fugitive. He reached up and touched the door behind me, shoving me in as it opened. 
I was so startled by his action that I lost my footing and fell, my books falling out of my bag as I hit the ground. I was speechless. All I could do was glare at him as he towered over me. As headmaster of this school, I must ensure the safety of my students and staff. His eyes lit up with a blue power, and a swirling mass of energy formed in his left hand, a wicked grin on his lips. And that means eliminating possible threats like you. Then maybe you should remove yourself from your position of power, I growled. What the hell was I doing? He had me pinned in his office with no escape in sight. This was not the time to be brave. But I was doing it, since you seem to cause harm to students and staff rather frequently. The blast of hot energy incinerated a book laying beside my head. The sick son of a bitch was laughing. Suddenly, he grabbed my lapels and hauled me up to my feet, slamming me into a bookshelf. You've got some nerve, boy. The hatred in his eyes was deep. He was going to kill me. I struggled against him. Let go! I wanted to fight him, to kill him, but I couldn't hurt Ada. I'd settle for a distraction and make for the door. I grabbed his hand, forcing my own energy into my palm. His jacket ignited and he released me, trapping me inside a barrier while calmly removing the flaming article of clothing. You're no threat. I could tell he meant to himself, not the school. You can't even protect yourself, let alone harm anyone. He looked me over, his wicked grin growing with malice. It's so hard to believe that you're even related to our glorious king. You're so weak. Get your things and go. He released the barrier about me and I began picking up my books. I was shaking with anger. He probably thought it was fear, but that was fine. If he thought I was weak, it would be easier for me to hide from him. I found it mildly interesting that the textbook for his course was the one that he had incinerated. I'd get a new one later. I needed to get away from him before I did something stupid. After leaving Cyprian's office, I decided to skip dinner that night and pour myself into my studies, hoping to occupy my mind with anything other than the events of the day. I ended up knocking out a month's worth of work. I had finished my last assignment for the semester when a frantic tapping on my window alerted me to the fact that I had forgotten to open it. The second I unlatched the window, a worried pixie pushed it open and buzzed around me, inspecting me closely. Finding nothing physically wrong, he hovered in front of me, planting his tiny hands on his hips, waiting for me to explain my awful mood. I doubt he'd heard what happened in Cyprian's office, so I chose to simply hand him my brother's letter, hoping that would be enough. He didn't need to get mad at Cyprian and do something that would endanger his life. As Torkin read, I could see him getting angry on my behalf. I was surprised when he didn't say anything. He simply rolled the letter back up and kicked it off the desk with a huff. The act made me laugh a bit. I was glad for his company. After a while, Torkin huffed again, then turned to me. You need to eat. I think I'll just go to bed, I sighed ready to change and do exactly that. As I reached for my nightshirt, a gentle knock came on my door. Reveal, I quietly commanded, surprised to see all of my friends standing outside. I paused for a moment, then opened the door. Hey, Alfred spoke kindly. You doing okay? 
We heard about the warrant. Lena poked her head in. Gurna told us at dinner. Esta offered. She wanted to see how you were doing. Come in. I let them in, not really wanting to talk. Yeah, I'm fine. It's nothing new. What's that supposed to mean? Mora completely neglected to hide her offension. I'm my father's favorite thing to be mad at. I flopped down onto my bed, not really caring that they were all in there. So, like I said, it's nothing new to me. Alfred came to stand in front of me. Doesn't make it right. Hey, since we can't go to your place, want to go to Tahiti over break? Dad's offered to buy all of us tickets. Can I think about it? I asked, knowing all too well that I would say yes. Of course, he smiled warmly. Call us if you need to talk, okay? Sure thing. I smiled half-heartedly at them. I'm going to go to bed now, though, so can you guys leave? Can I sleep with you? Alfred began to crawl into the bed, instantly making me laugh. Lena shooed him and the others out, and Torkin closed the door. This concludes Chapter 12 of The King's Secret. I hope you enjoyed both of these readings, and I hope you will return for Chapter 13. Have a wonderful week, and I will see you all next time. Bye-bye.